Um, yeah. And then around this time too, um, did you meet Master P? We met Master P. Yeah, we did. We did. After your album came yeah, out. Yeah, we did. Around the time we was doing the second album, Going Insane, we kind of met P. No, nah, maybe a little before that. We met him, We met Master P during the direct from the back street because we was always going. What happened was uh, Master P was getting distribution through distribution. Through internet. Yeah. Music people, I mean. Yeah, yeah. And, um, he, you know, we used to be up there collecting our checks on the same day. We might run into each other up there trying to get our right, money and shit. Right, right. And uh, he used to always hit us up with tapes and CDs and shit, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, he was just starting off, too. He was just trying to get his feet in the game, too, out of Richmond. Um, and as that time went on and as our relationship started growing, he introduced, he uh, uh, invited us to the record store. You know, the record store in Richmond, too. The no Limit No Limit Records, records. yeah. We went up there and... He had a real record store popping up there, man. Clothes and shit, selling about there and everything. Um, and we just got cool, you know. A couple, we went to a couple of his little functions that he threw, a couple barbecues and shit. Intermittent Records used to do, intermittent, I mean, uh, yeah, Intermittent Records used to throw this barbecue every year, like an industry type thing. And all the cats from the industry used to come to the barbecue. We shot a video there. We shot our Here We Go Again video there. That MCA was there, Jay's a kid. Mm. A whole lot of celebrities was up in there. Um, and, um, uh, damn, what was I saying? Uh, Lincoln with Master P. Oh, yeah. And um, one day we went up there to go get our check, and uh, he was in there doing the same thing. He was like, oh, man. Well, us and RBA was there at the same time. Mm. Uh, we all met up there and went up in there trying to get all our money. And um, he was like, oh, man, y'all just what I'm looking for. So he was like, hey, man, I got this. I'm, tr I'm finna put together this project. I'm finna get all the Bay Area, you know, all the heavy hitters from the Bay Area and put them all together on one track, on one uh, album. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, do some big shit, man. And he was like, man, you know, the first, when I thought about the first motherfuckers I thought about was y'all totally saying RBL, man. Now, you know, uh, I was like, you know, I would like to see if y'all on board because I know if y'all get on board, a lot of cats from the Bay Area, you know, dig y'all. And then, you know, if, if I tell them y'all on board, yeah. niggas will get on board. Yeah. So... We was like, yeah, nigga, fuck it. Yeah, we'll do it. You know, we, you know, we fuck with you. We'll try it. You yeah. Know? And he was like, cool, man. You know, I'm going to pay everybody. Everybody going to get breaded and woo, yada, 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 and boo, woo, woo. And it was gravy. You know, we exchanged numbers, and he set up a meeting in Daly City at the little... Back in the days, it used to be the Pepper Mills. It didn't turn to Lions. I don't want it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's some Lake. other diner now. Yeah, but it was yeah. Pepper Mills. I know Mills exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. We all met there. My son grew up right there in the McCormick's right there. <laughs> the, they Westlake. Right, right. So, that's, met, so hey, that's something that people wouldn't imagine driving by that that diner now. Like, Master P had a meeting there with all the Bay Area. E40, right. B Legit, Sebo. <laughs> that's crazy. RBL, Totally Insane, Dre Dog. Uh, who else was on that shit? Uh, uh, Ray Love. Ray Love. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Mac Maul was there. I don't think he was on there. Uh, but JT it was, and them. And Looney's was even there. Yuck Mouth mm -hmm. and it was even there. It was a lot of cats that was there that didn't end up getting on the album for whatever reason. Damn. Because like 40 of them didn't get on there, but they was at the meeting. Did y'all take a picture that day? I'm sure P got probably got some. Did we? I believe we did. I'm sure P got some pictures. You got to find that picture. He even, got a, he even did a video for that where all of us came. We was at the car wash. Mm. There's a, uh, a West Coast Bad Boys like video. A commercial or that's a video. All, all the music, yeah, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. It had hella niggas on the song. We yeah. weren't on the song, but we was in the video. I think I remember seeing that. But we yeah. was all out there, you know what I'm saying? Um, so we met, and uh, he did some Nino Brown type shit. He stood up at the table. He and said, yeah, I'm taking over the car. Yeah, he said, man, you know, 
what we finna put together, man, is finna be legendary. And yeah. We got the best from the motherfucking area right here. Yeah, and yeah. All under one roof, and we finna, you know, whoop de whoop de whoop. You know, I don't wanna. He said, I'm not trying to control y'all shit. I just want y'all to submit tracks. Whatever track y'all think is hot for it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm willing to pay y'all. Nigga, that nigga handed out envelopes. That day. That day. Damn. That Envelope, is envelopes went around the table. That's mafia. Yeah, they had money in the envelopes. And Everyone's like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he paid for dinner, nigga. We all ate, nigga. That's he was, crazy. He, he was on the crack. He understood. He knew it. That how to move in business. He man. knew it. How to he treat people, how to make people feel appreciated, how to yeah. work with artists. Did you, because I, I know at the same time, right, no disrespect to Pete, but I, I know that when he was rapping out here, people weren't necessarily right. taking him too seriously. Right, and so his idea was, well, I got a little bit of bread. I'm trying to get in the game. If I get the best motherfuckers from out here on my shit yeah. and collaborate with them niggas, that's going to put more eyes on me. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Well, did you see that? Did you get a sense like, all right, this dude's about to do some shit? Yeah. Yeah. Because he had everybody in. And it was yeah. different, too. Yeah. yeah. If, 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 if he wasn't... If his reputation or if motherfuckers saw him as a joke, they wouldn't be here. We got 40. We got RBL. We got 11.5. We got... All these niggas in the house, they here. Yeah. So he motherfuckers believe whatever somebody's saying. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah. Uh, they put that motherfucker together. As a matter of fact, when we recorded our song, he came to the session. He was there when we recorded. It. Okay. Yeah. We recorded our shit. Um, the day we recorded that shit, we showed up at T House. We hadn't even heard the beat yet. Me and man. this is when TC moved from bankroll to his own house. Yeah, he was at his house when yeah. we did that because we did uh. We did direct from the back street at his house in the garage. Oh, okay. We did going insane at Enhancer's house. Enhancer, yeah. On Latona, behind the all-night market. Uh-huh. And we did Backstreet Life at Reg and Race's house. Okay. Which was down the street from TC house. Hmm. I don't know why we did it down there. We could have did it at TC house, but the way they had it set up, had because we did the all-life bass and shit on Yeah, I wanted to get to Life. that, too, because I noticed that on the, the production switch up a little bit. Um... um but you said Master P came to the session. Oh, yeah, he came to the session. Um, we, Me and Mac hadn't even heard the beat yet. We didn't know what the fuck we, we was going to do. We just knew we was going to write some shit because P was going to pay us. Yeah. No bread for us. So when we walked in the studio, he didn't let nobody hear the beat. Nobody heard the beat. Matter of fact, when we walked in, they was in there watching the basketball game. I think the finals or something was on. This was like in June. And the only reason I know this is because they, when we walked in, they was watching the finals. TC threw the beat on. Everybody was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So Mac went one corner, I went another corner, and we'll start writing. Um, Mac went there and did his part first. And then when I was in there doing my part, I had fucked up. And when I was telling T to run it back, niggas was like, oh, shit. Niggas was looking at the TV like, oh, shit, P and all the niggas standing up. Like, everybody was focused on the TV. So I took my headphones off and went out there, and it was the OJ fucking slow slow chase. <laughs> the, the white Breaking news! <laughs> OJ Simpson! Woop, woop, woop. <laughs> that's why I threw that line in Yeah, there. I was going to say that's kind of crazy. Because if you go back and listen to the song, that, that line don't even rhyme with what I'm saying. I just threw that line in yeah, there. Yeah, Hell yeah. no, nah, I don't believe OJ did that. that. Yeah, yeah. Just like, just threw it in there. And we kept that motherfucker. Wow. And it was was Dre in the cut too? He, yeah. Just... Oh well, yeah. Uh, Dre, Dre.
Dre Dog and them was already Dre Dog <clears throat> and Hennessy Eleven Five and he used to hang out at CC House every day. That was you know his everyday homies. Um, they used to always be over there drinking and just chilling, watching basketball, fucking with music and just whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so we did our vocals. We we did the verses. Should I say Chunk was supposed to be on the song? Mm. Master P wanted Chunk to be on the song. But the day we was going to record it, we couldn't find him. We was mm. going everywhere looking for him, and we just couldn't find him. And I was leaving message like, man, tell that nigga to hit me. I was paging him, blowing him up. He just wasn't responding. So we had to go do that shit without him. But Master P really wanted Chunk to be on that song. Yeah, because Chunk was doing his thing. He was doing his thing. thing. He was yeah. big. Chunk, yeah. yeah. A lot of motherfuckers don't really understand, but Chunk was big, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was out before you. He was out before us. Yeah. And yeah. he's from Menlo Park, Yeah, right? but it's right. Right, right. Right across the way. light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I used yeah, to walk yeah. to that nigga house yeah. and in the night and shit. And right, right, same, right. vice versa. Right. So, um... So we laid our vo- our verses, and uh, Dre was like, hey, add Mac, I got a hook for that. Nigga was like, nigga, do your thing, nigga. Because mm. I think we had already did Going Insane, and Going Insane was just a big song. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers was waiting for another Dre Dog uh, collaboration. So we were like, nigga, hell yeah, that'll be perfect. Dre Dog went in there, did the ooey-ooey, niggas can't handle me. Total insanity. So while he was in there doing it in the booth, Hennessy was doing it out here. And I was like, nigga, go in there. Nigga blend, nigga blend both y'all voices together. Oh, okay. So Hennessy went in there and did it over Dre Dog. Oh, I never knew that. So yeah, there's so a little it's, it's Dre Dog and him on there. Oh, yeah. shit. They both got some deep voices. Right. And the, yeah, when we brought it together, it sounded demonic like, ooh, niggas can't. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the trip. But he didn't get no credit on that. On the, yes, on... he got credits on that. Oh, he did. Hennessy from 11.5. Ah. Uh... Yeah. Dre Dog and Hennessy from 11.5. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yep. Damn, and then that West Coast Bad Boys is huge. That shit released, man. That shit blew the fuck up. Did that help even help you out? Oh, that like shit took us to the next level. Different too. regions. Yeah, it took us to a whole nother level. Damn. Yeah. For real, for real. And around this time, too, uh, notoriously, East Palo Alto becomes the murder capital of this the was, United States, right? This was in 92. This is right before Going Insane album. Uh-huh. And that's that's the reason that... that was the concept of the Going Insane album is East Palo Alto. Just, going Insane. It's Going Insane, yeah. So for, I mean, from what I understand, right, it's murder murder per capita. So yes. for uh, a population of that size, the most murders, like, by the ratio. Yes. Um, and at that time, we was, like, what, 28,000 population and, like, how many, 90 people died that year? Yeah. So it was, like... That's a big percentage. That's a big percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it like going through that? Right. In your hometown. That shit was dangerous because um it was it was East Palo Alto so small, it's only like two and a half square miles, but we got a whole army of niggas over there and a whole army of niggas over here. Yeah. That's that's shooting it out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And this motherfucker ain't that big, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um and we living in the middle of it. You know, we at the time we famous during this. Everybody know who we are. Everybody know where I live at. Everybody yeah. know who I am. Right. Mac, too. You know what I'm saying? But you guys are both from Midtown, right? Yes. Okay. I'm from uh, Alberni. He's from Dumbarton, which is just a couple blocks over. Right. A little toward, you know what I'm saying? A little, just, a, you know, a little a couple blocks over. Um, And, um, yeah, man, that shit got dangerous, man. You know, and not only that, we was having kids at the time, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, we're like big targets, like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You're not one of them totally insane niggas down, that's points on, right. those, on that side. Right, right, right. So we were definitely having to be real cautious and be strapped and 
watch where we was going and we don't we don't leave without the other one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to yeah, show yeah, that yeah. I'm going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was just it's just dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find yourself being like drawn into any of the stuff that was going on at the time? Or? Yeah, because my house was one of the main targets. Mm. They shot my house up a few times, shot our cars up a few times. Just on some hater shit. Just on some hater shit. Just I'm on the, you know, we representing this side. We are the, the yeah. voice of this side. Yeah, but you're you're rapping. Right. But you're getting hated on by people that's yeah. in the mix of this Because shit. it's weird because when Direct from the Backstreet came out, the whole town loved it. Yeah. And then when the funk really jumped off in 92, it's kind of it divided. Now, now niggas from that side ain't listening to Totally Insane now. It reminds me a little bit of RBL's story, too. Same shit. Yeah. And I, I witnessed all they, what they went through. Yeah. Mr. C died. Nigga, I was at the movie theaters, got the page, 911. Called back. TC was like, bruh, Kyle just got shot, bruh. Mm. I don't think he gonna make it. Crazy. And then I got the call back that he didn't make it. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that was my homie, like... Yeah, so... When I say Cal, I mean Mr. C from RBA. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so things are, like, changing in the Bay, and it's kind of... It's, that just sounds like a crazy kind of stressful thing to navigate while you're trying to do this rap shit. Yeah. And then at the same time, fucking hood is going crazy around you. Yeah. So, like you said, that, that kind of made the next album what it was, going insane. Yeah. And then the other thing, and this is what I asked TC about, I asked Black C about this... I noticed with everybody's first album, everybody that we talked about, Dre Dog, IMP, RBL, y'all, the first album is like all samples. Yes. By the second album, it's uh, mostly keyboard beats or you're replaying stuff and you're throwing live instruments in yes. there. And it seems like the reason was mostly because of s sample clearing issues that yes. were coming up. Yeah, that and the chronic. The chronic, oh, okay. the chronic changed the landscape of the fucking rap game, bro. Interesting. Dr. Dre in the chronic album, after that point, made samples lame. Mm, yeah, well, especially on the West Coast, right? Yeah. Where it's like more of a car culture. Right. It's more slap in the trunk. Oh, that's old school, OG. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> James Brown, oh, that's old school, yeah, OG. Yeah, Did it get me? played out a little bit too? Like yeah. sample, flipping yeah. certain samples? And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so, yeah, Dr. Dre and the Chronic changed the game, bro. That that they, that became the fucking, that became the, the, um, the standard. Nigga, yeah. You gotta come like this from now on. Nigga, you gotta make sense. This. Gotta be played over. You got to be this and that. Yeah. But TC was already a musical master. He already he was ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. When that shit when 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 it when it when it switched, he already was ready. Yeah. Oh nigga, don't trip. We just gonna start playing everything over. Yeah. I yeah. got some bass players gonna come in. I got wood woo. We gonna do this. We gonna do that. Instead of sampling, we just gonna play the bass lines over. Yeah. Put our own little chords and shit. And I mean, it's almost like a better fit for y'all. Yeah. Almost because it was lovely. It was it was perfect. When I hear y'all music, it's a lot of like like you said earlier, listening to Parliament and stuff yeah. like that. Like y'all y'all shit is funky. Yeah. And it's definitely like and I notice a lot with TC production too. It just seems heavily inspired by. That old school yeah. soul and, uh, and and funk, yeah. So it seems like it worked out. Were you also dealing with? Um, were you still on in a minute for that second album? Yeah. Well, we had we had we had signed. We had brought we brought them direct from the back streets. Yeah. We had already done that and brought okay, that. To so them. that was just distribution deal. The second album going insane was through Intermittent Records. Right. They paid for it and we recorded okay. it through them. Okay. Were and they the next two albums? Were they getting on you about the samples too? Yes. They were, huh? Yeah. They, was they like, didn't want to clear They didn't want to pay the Because clearance. it got worse. After a while, you know what I'm saying, in 91, it was cool. We didn't have to, they wasn't tripping. By, by 93 hit, 
Everybody was tripping off samples. Motherfuckers was getting sued. James Brown was suing motherfuckers. And yeah. All kind of shit was just in those two years or in that right, year or whatever. Yeah. I think that's what Biz Marquis right. was going through it and yeah. um, uh, Two Live Crew. I, I think that's who set it off. I think they Two Live Crew set it yeah. off to where after the Two Live Crew incident happened, all the OG motherfuckers that made music wanted to sue motherfuckers yeah, 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 for yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they just seen that rap was blowing up. Rap was yeah, getting big. They wanted was, a piece of it. Yeah, they wanted yeah. a piece of it, nigga. That's my old beat. I can't get no more royalties from it, nigga, but I can latch on to you and get some more royalties. Yeah. And I think after, oh, that's what happened. You can't touch this. Oh, for sure. That's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. After MC Hammer dropped, you can't touch this. Right. And Rick James sued and got all the millions. All them OGs wanted they bread. I mean, they, they didn't really flip that beat. They damn near they, just they used it, it just yeah. like it was. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Do some stutter step in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so what was the process? Of, uh, and also, were you like, was the business tight within a minute or was it starting to get a little many? It started to get a little many around yeah. the second album. Because the first album, we was in total control. Like I said, we had the product. We brought them the product. On the second album, we made the product through them, so they felt more of an ownership through it. Like, nigga, we paid for the studio time, we this and we that. Um, yeah, it got a little, it got a little shady. Um, creative, you know, we was in a weird space, bro, because we like, for one, we living through a murder epidemic. We living through a murder capital. We we trying to, niggas around us is dying. Our friends is dying around us. Yeah, we trying to focus and create something. For such a tight knit community, right? That's gotta be. I mean, crazy. yeah, you know you these niggas. Not feel that, yeah. Every nigga that we were shooting at, we went to school with these niggas. We played little wow. league against these niggas. We knew these niggas' mamas and yeah. So you feel what I'm saying? Living through an epidemic. We living through an epidemic. Like, yeah. damn, this my this was my homie like five years ago. Now right. this nigga trying to kill me. Crazy. Um, yeah. Um, so um, going from direct from the back, yeah, um, yeah. So around. 92, 93, RBL and them, they was trying to hit RBL album, the, the lesson to be learned. They was on, they was trying to sue the fuck out them niggas. They was, you know, they wasn't clearing a lot of shit and they were just really, it was really fucked up. So Jason had a meeting with all of us and was like, look, from now on, man, we're going to do something about these samples. Is we, we, you know, this, this is basically what it is. When you have to pay for a sample, that comes out of your royalties. That comes out of your recoup. That comes out of your yeah. budget. You have to recoup all right, that. right. So if you know you got a fifty thousand dollar budget, and you got to pay for the beats, the studio time, and whatever, 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 and then you got to pay Rick James twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a big chunk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So going into the second album, going the same. T was like, "Nigga, fuck it. We just gonna uh, play shit over. We gonna, you know, what I'm saying." Uh, yeah, we just gonna switch, we just switch it up. And that, I mean, and that's when more, he's on the more keyboard bass lines was right, on the second right. album. And he's on the cover of that album too, right? TC, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did that one? How did that one do um, compared to the the first album? Oh, it did better than Direct and Dexter. Huh? We we each album got bigger. Yeah, is that the one you shot? Um, did you? Is that living for the back? Living in the back? oh no, that's or is that another? The album? second album we shot the video for that one was Here We Go Again. Okay, okay. that was the one I was telling you we shot at the end right, of the right, right, right. Hella celebrities on that shit. Um, was that was that getting like nationwide? Yeah, that was on the box and shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was on the box when the box came out. Was that the box? Wait, let me. Mm, maybe not the box yet. 
This was like 93. When did the box come out? I think the box was around. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, that's the whole Wu-Tang thing. Going right, right. Okay, yeah. Time. So, yeah. we Okay, yeah. So that video was on the box and shit. And that, that, that video did pretty good. It did so good that J, that uh, Jason got excited about us. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We could do a lot of things with y'all. And so um, we shot the video for that. Uh, we did a lot of shows but then. Um, one good thing happened to us. We was doing the, uh, we was headlining the Stone, and Sir Mixlot was in town and came to the show just to just to check y'all out. He had heard our music, and liked our music, That's dope. and came to the show to, to listen to yeah. check us out. And uh, we did the show. It was us, and we headlined RBL was um, opened up for us. And uh, after the show. He uh, came backstage and was like, hey, man, yeah, man, woo-woo, I love y'all shit, and yada, yada, yada. I'm coming back out here to do the stone in a couple months, man. I want y'all to rock with me, be get on the show with me. He was like, hell yeah. So he came back, I think about like a couple weeks later, like a month or two later, and did the stone, headline the stone, and put us on the bill. Tight. And uh, we rocked that motherfucker. That night, 40 of them came out and shit. And wow. Diggas had them, them uh, click jackets on. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. So we, we was all backstage chilling shit, and... Uh, he was like, uh, "Yeah, man, uh, I got a, uh, I got a show out in Seattle in a couple weeks. I want y'all to put, I want to put y'all on that too." We was like, "Hell yeah, nigga, it's on the cracking." So we went out there, did the show. The nigga invited us to his house, took us to his house. Man, this nigga had a mansion and shit, and three car garage and Lamborghinis and yeah, Hummers and shit. That's that baby got back money right yes. there. Yes, yeah. and that had just came out. Mm. He was out. He was doing this tour to promote that song. Wow. That shit had just dropped. He was living off that Prosy on Broadway and that yeah, yeah. Oh, Swanson, right, right, right. Uh, Square Dance rapping all that. Right. To that point, Baby had got back and just dropped. When he came back to the Bay and did The Stone, that mm. had just dropped. And, uh, yeah, that nigga was living. Yeah. Yeah. And were you getting, um, were, were you doing shows in other regions too? Oh, yeah. Around yeah. the country? Yeah, we was doing, uh, our, be our best regions were like Seattle, Washington, Tacoma, Denver, Colorado, uh, Kansas City, of course, uh, Texas, um, you know. Yeah, not as far as the East Coast. Not as far as the East Coast, yeah. I think the farthest East, what's the farthest East when you went? Yeah, not really. Detroit? Did we go to Detroit? No, we never went to Detroit. Mm. RBL went to Detroit. Right. But no, we didn't go. Seems like, uh, especially back then, like, cats on the East Coast had a real hard time, like, wrapping their heads around oh, yeah, for sure. Bay Area music. For sure. But the South, and uh, people don't really know, too, like, Seattle, Portland yeah. areas, they love the Bay up there. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Portland, yeah, definitely. Yep. Went to Portland hella time. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Seattle, Denver, Colorado, Kansas City, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then you're just pretty much uh, moving and grooving. Yeah. And then um, the next album is Backstreet Life. Backstreet Life. And uh, that's the one we're living in the Backstreets. Yes. Is on. Yeah. And actually, I didn't, I should have asked you this earlier. Like, explain the Backstreets. The like, Backstreets. <laughs> the Backstreets is in East Palo Alto, and back then especially, it looked like fucking. Back then, it looked like the South. Yeah. We didn't hardly have sidewalks, and we had a couple dirt roads, and shit looked kind of raggedy back then, because, you know, we was like one of the poorest cities in the in the Bay Area, and had the the, the, worst, the worst school uh, districts, and, the you know, just a whole lot of bad shit, bro. Uh, 
the other side of Palo Alto wouldn't even claim us. That's why they call us East Palo Alto. Yeah, people don't even know sometimes that East Palo Alto is a whole another city. Right. From Palo Alto. From Palo Alto. So they just tried to cut y'all off. Like mm. It's like Los Angeles cut off East Los Angeles. East yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all right. your own shit. Right. Y'all over there. Right. Yeah. That's basically what it is. We didn't become a city until 1983. That's crazy. Officially a city in 19. So it's just unincorporated, just just yeah. Damn. Yeah. Underdeveloped. Yeah. Cause like, I think at one I think at one time it was marshlands. Like mm, in the whenever it, you know. Damn. Crazy. Whenever they start building. Well, it sounds like I mean just that whole experience, like it's constant theme in, in totally insane's music. And um I really like that song Living in the Backstreets off the album. The videos cool it's like very positive yeah bringing everybody together yeah. that was everybody that was really everybody from the neighborhood and at that time this was 95 so we were just like a couple years from coming out of being the murder capital yeah i was gonna say where things like it's kind of like slowing settling down, down settling yeah. a little more peaceful or yeah. a lot of motherfuckers died a lot of motherfuckers going to prison right a lot of, we just recovering from being the murder capital yeah and that was our attempt to kind of bring everybody together that's you know cool what I'm saying? We wanted to make a song, an anthem that the whole that represent the whole town. Yeah. And then the concept for the video was we had a big budget with the video. Jason was happy with the last with the here we go again video. We got big uh, spins on the box, um, a couple of other little video stations was, or shows was playing it. Yeah. And we was getting nice feedback like, yeah, we really like that Tony Insane record. We really like that here we go again video. So Jason was hyped like, yeah, next we will get a bigger budget on the next video and yada yada yada. And we, and once we brought him the record for living in the for the Backstreet Life, once we brought him that record, he was like, "Perfect, yeah, yeah, let's go." He was yeah, like, yeah. "Let's go," and yeah, yeah, because like I said, it has that appeal. It's yeah. positive. It's yeah. upbeat. Um, the video is is, is tight. Yeah, now, the dudes that shot Bone Thugs first of the month did that. Chris Robinson, ah, okay. he shot that video, okay. directed okay. it. Okay, so you did, you had definitely had that budget then. But I can go to a backstory for that video was yeah. um we had to go around to all the you know, to all the hoods and explain to them what we was doing. Because one of the scenes that we shot was at Jack Farrell Park. Now, if you're familiar with East Palo Alto history, Jack Farrell Park is in the Ville and my side was warm with the Ville at and when we was the murder capital, it was dangerous for me to be over there. Mm. I could have lost my life over there a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I could have lost my life over here. And now I want to shoot a music video over here and bring a big production in the whole shit. We had a big productions on that. Them, them, that was some real shit. Yeah, yeah. It's not like just pointing the camera. Yeah, that yeah. ain't no. Yeah, that, had to they set had up everything. Scaffolds and yeah. all kind of shit out there, yeah. lighting and all kind of shit. Right. Um, and all the all the all the reputable OGs in the town came together. Like, yeah, nigga, we gonna make yeah, hell yeah. That's dope. We with that. Everybody bought their cars out. Yeah. All the girls came out. All the young, all the kids came out. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, that's another thing that's like another thing I noticed in Bay Area music, like the power of it when you can bring people together. Yeah. Even in the most like conflicted circumstances. A lot of people ask why the Bay ain't on like we should be on. And I've always thought, and this is my theory of it, just by being in it is back in the 90s, they were so scared of the independent game back then because... The, the the major labels had such a hold on the music, yeah. That that was they had a, a grip on it, right? And they was looking at the Bay Area like if if everybody around the country start following these niggas, wow, they ain't gonna need us. I think you're onto something there. They all gonna be billionaires yeah. if they follow Forty and right. Uh, 
who else is Master P? Right. Master P was out here independent. If we follow these dudes, if, if the whole industry, if the whole industry follow these dudes, they gonna cut us out. Wow. And I think they dropped a blackball bomb on us. You felt that before you felt blackball? Yeah. 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 It makes sense. You're a yeah. billboard charting the, group, successful I mean, group. The the everybody in the industry copy our slang. Everybody copy what we doing, but we can't get on with it. Yeah. You know, not yeah, to yeah. disrespect nobody, but Atlanta niggas got that old base. At one time, they was on that old bay swing yeah, yeah. that we was doing in the 90s, late right. 90s. Right. Even the flows. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, no yeah. No disrespect. I'm yeah. just saying. I agree. Yeah. Um. So, But then it's it's a trip that, because uh, I think by then, like, RBL had bounced out of In A Minute, Dre Dog bounced yeah. off of In A Minute, but yeah. y'all still rocking with them. Well, now what happened was, we was the first ones to leave. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. our, our obligations was up because we was the first uh, ones to sign. Okay. We signed a three-album deal, so we was the first ones to reach that three albums. So by the RBL. time Backstreet Life came out, you were That was our was last up. album. That was it. Mm. Now, we was at a crossroads with that one because not for only one, um, coming out of Going Insane, now we got to go bigger. Now, we, you know what I'm saying? That one, Going Insane did bigger than Direct from the Backstreet. Now, we got to go bigger with this one. Yeah. And we got to come with a bigger sound. And at that time, we was we had uh, T had start uh, producing. Uh, he started working on the eleven five album, I believe. So he had got another ear from. He had got another, you know what I'm saying? Another tone, another style, of music, yeah, another style yeah, of music. Yeah. And he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna try this shit out with Ad Max. See how this shit go." So we went there. We got Red Race. We start playing all live bass lines. Yeah, I know. It just gets like funkier and funkier. Oh, and then the, the Backstreet Life record itself, man, shit. Uh, we came in the studio one day and he played the, the track for us. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, ooh, that's it!" Right yeah. There. Oh, matter of fact, I take that back. We recorded that song to a whole nother track. Mm. We had a when we first recorded that song, we had a whole nother beat on the same on the Backstreet Life album. It's a, a the last song. And it's called the Backstreet Life outro. Mm-hmm. To all y'all that got that album, listen to the Backstreet Life outro. That's the original "Living in the Backstreet" song that we recorded. Mm. We came in the studio one day and TC played a song for us. He took the vocals off of that and put the whole the whole another beat under it. Oh, so he just he just he remixed just did it. it. He just yeah. remixed it. Wow. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the 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 one we shot the video for is called the Backstreet Life Remix. Right, right, right. The one on the album is called the back, the, the last song and it's called the Backstreet Life Outro, but that's the original Backstreet Life song. Yeah. He put that remix on it and. Yeah, you can hear if you if you if you're following this and you listen to the whole if you follow the history through TC and all the groups he was working with, the progression is crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, he was tuned in, bro. Yeah. Whenever the whenever the industry changed, he was like, "Nigga, no problem, we got that." Yeah, yeah, because it, 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 a lot of cats would have been probably stuck on them same yeah. SP12 type of beats yeah. forever, making loops yeah. and all that, and, and, and enhance, enhancer too. Right, enhancer um, was a big key in it too, but TC was just. He stayed up on technology. He read the tech books. He read. He kept up with the new keyboard that was coming out, the new sampler, the new drum machine that was coming out, and he made Jason he pay for that shit. Yeah, uh, Look, nigga, I need one of them Triton yada yada yadas. Yeah, and Jason go go get that motherfucker. Yeah, hell yeah. So did you, so y'all left on pretty much peaceful terms when your well was up. Well, or was the paper getting kind of fucked up? Yeah, it was getting kind of ill. Um, so going into Backstreet Life. We knew this was our last album. Jason knew this was our last album. And we was really thinking about how should we do this. Um, at this point, we wasn't really uh, agreeing with how we was being compensated. And uh, we were just kind of like, whatever, you know. 
Um, at first, we was thinking like, man, we should just record some shit and just get this nigga album and just get up out of here. But we was like, nah, our reputation isn't on the line. Our name is on this motherfucker. Yeah, you can't just throw out some can't bullshit. Just throw out some bullshit. Yeah. We got fans that 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 fuck with us. Yeah. So we went there and put our heart into it. Can't you know? Went there and worked hard on that motherfucker. Yeah. We you know we all stepped up to the next level. Like TC Production stepped up and, and made us step up. Like wow. But for the next, so the next album is uh, is it? And it? we was coming off of West Coast Bad Boys. Yeah. So, so at that time, she got to take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. We, was, we was on a great little hype at that time. So the next album had to be banging, and it was our last album. So in a minute, it was kind of like they was kind of like fuck. Yeah. We kind of held up. We had the, we held the upper hand. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, right. We just came off a hit record. Our contract is almost over, and we finna drop a hit album. Right. Yeah. And we finna be out. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. At the same time, peace. So what was the what was the label for the, what was the next album after Backstreet Life? Was that was that, the that was the uh, totally insane album. And that was that oh and Mac Ten was still around on that. Yeah, what happened was um after Backstreet Life we got off intermittent records and we went independent. But during those years we both was kinda like in the streets, we both was like tangled up and going into the fourth album, Mac Ten had caught a case, caught a dope case. And um, you was know, it just that the rap shit wasn't doing what it was supposed yeah, to? Yeah, we do? wasn't. We didn't feel we was getting paid correctly. That's fucked up. We man. had kids at this time, nigga. We both got two kids, and life it's is different up. now. We a little older. We got bills. We got Black C kind of mentioned this that like he, in a way he kind of blames the label for Mr. C's death for the fact that he got killed while he was out selling dope. And if shit had been going the way it was supposed to with all the records they were selling. If his if, if his paper was straight, he wasn't out. Th- he wouldn't have been out there. Wouldn't have been on the block. So I do think that's like something that really needs to be said. Is like when when labels are fucking over artists, who are using rap as their way to get out and get away from that shit. It's really like detrimental. Like yeah, and I mean, okay, we from the hood, and we might not be the most educated, but we pull it when we pulling up to get a check, and you telling us you ain't got a check, but you pulling up in a brand new Mercedes. That don't make sense. Yeah, that yeah. ain't making sense yeah. to us. Something's wrong here. Yeah. Yeah, so he so Mac Tang ended up getting caught up. He had to go sit down for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. He well during the the course of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got caught up. He went to jail. He fought the case, and they they um, that was his first adult case, I believe. So they just gave him like some sheriff work program. Oh, okay. So during the course of all that, because we didn't know in the beginning what was going to happen to him. We didn't know if he was going to go to pen. We didn't know how many years he's going to get. We didn't know what was going on. So me and Scoot from the Hood Star, shout out to my nigga Scoot. Mm-hmm. We had already we had been rapping together since we was kids, all of us together. And during the whole totally insane thing, Scoot was always there. He, he was a solo artist. Mm. He had like solo albums ready to go, and then something happened and don't come out, and then the next. Oh one, yeah, TC mentioned yeah, that, that that they had yeah. a whole solo album that didn't come out. Yeah, and that motherfucker. And was, it was raw, huh? That shit was raw as fuck. That nigga's flows and yeah, he, he was he, gassing. He would have fucked some shit yeah, up, bro. Yeah, he was gassing. Yeah, um, he would have fucked some shit up. So, so he basically filled in the gap when when Mac Ten right. was out the when, way. When, when Ten went down, that was my everyday nigga. So it was only right and only, you know, yeah, that you know, 
So and was Tan cool with that too? Yeah, he wasn't no problem. Just keep the mission going. Yeah. It reminds me of like the stuff you were talking about earlier with like Mike D and the people in and out the group. Like the show must go on. You like know for instance, remember when the Ghetto Boys, when Willie D left the group and they yeah. brought Big Mike in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that. And there was like two other members of the Ghetto Boys too, even before. Oh, before that, yeah, that yeah. left the group. Yeah. And then it became Bushwick's face and yeah, Willie D. Exactly. Then Willie D left the group. And they brought Big Mike in. Right, right, and right. It changed. It, it changed the sound. Like right. Um, so me and Scoot had started working on a project. It was it wasn't gonna be a totally insane project. It was gonna be a totally insane presents. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And we got about four or five songs. We got the news, so real, uh, hog status, and I had a song called Another Way. We had those four songs recorded, and then uh, Tim's lawyer worked it out to where he get sheriff work program and he can come home on furlough on the weekends. Mm. As long as he in the studio, he can come to the studio and record. Wow. And yeah. he's a good lawyer. Good lawyer. Yeah. And he did it like that. And so we took the four songs from the project was gonna be called Bomb Threat. Totally insane present Bomb Threat. And um we took the four songs we recorded out there, which like I said, was the news, so real, another way in hog status. And Tim came and we start recording new songs, just filled out the album, you know what I'm saying? So it's basically you, Mac Ten, and Scoop. Yes. TC and, on um, production. And TC on all the production. Did he yeah. make the news? No, he didn't. Who made the news? Big Draw. Shout out to my oh, nigga okay. Big Draw. 211. Yeah, 211. That song is incredible, bro. Yeah. That's a really beautiful song. Yeah. It's like really deep. Um, it's uh, got a socially conscious message. Yeah. A lot of, see, this is one thing that pisses me off about Bay Area rap fans, is a lot of them try to try to uh, create divides between hip-hop and rap or conscious rap and gangster rap. Right. But when y'all hear a song like The News, right. this is, yeah, obviously it's some gangster shit, but it's it's people that's going through these experiences breaking down the bigger picture of right. it. So it's really a conscious record. There's yeah. no real difference. It's just us coming from the perspective as we, we, we're trapped in this. We don't want to do this. Yeah. We don't feel comfortable doing this, but this is what we got to do. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, that definitely comes across, and those, some of those lyrics are fucking crazy, man. Um, and that's the Tupac line on the hook, yeah. right? Yeah. The president is smoking, smoking weed, weed, bumping this beat, making a living off my misery. Yeah. Yeah, that was off uh, Never Had a Friend Like Me, I believe. Something. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some crazy bars in there, man. Uh, what is it? Lord forgive me for my ways of doing drive-by shootings, prostitution, prostitution. <laughs> gang recruiting. It's yeah. like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> he was going, yeah. going off on there, man. Yeah. Um, so th th how did that album do compared to the other ones? It did pretty good. It did good. It did good. Was it, uh, it wasn't It was under the same structure as the other ones. Being we fully under, independent. Right. We yeah. went under in the minute where we got the promotion and the distribution. and the, It was all us. Well, you had enough we, game by then to oh, yeah, for figure sure. it out. Yeah, but it maybe good. not the... Capital, too. right, right. Yeah. I didn't have the insides of the industry. Yeah, I just had what I knew, the people I knew, and the resources I knew. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's a dope album. Yeah, and then the final album to this date is the Game of Life. The Game of Life, and that's you and Mac Tan as well, and yeah. Scoots appearing on there too, right? He did a couple songs couple on there, songs. but he was gonna come with a solo album. That oh, was another right, right. one of those solo albums that just didn't manifest. Right. Um. So after the Totally Insane album. We got with a, a, a new executive producer, and his idea was to put me and back back together as totally insane, and put Scoot on his own, and just have him as a you know what I'm saying. And that's when he started working on that solo album that we yeah yeah right, and just have him as a, a, a constant feature like a you know yeah. what I'm saying a, um, yeah like a guys I just remember what happened to um. I'm, I'm uh, not Mike D, but the the guy who came in after Mike. Oh, oh yeah, damn! I've skipped that part of the story. 
Um, like D got killed, that for Bastard came out. So we're going into the second album, going insane. Um, and right when we were going into make the second album, he got caught up by the feds. What was his name again? Manny the Black. Manny the Black. Oh, he home now. Shout out to Manny. Okay. He doing good now. Damn. Doing real estate and shit. So he pretty much got you where you needed to go. And then, picked up where Mike left off, and then he got caught up to. Did 10 years in the feds. Crazy, man. You guys got a crazy story, bro. It's, yeah, this shit was almost over a couple times, Yeah. Right? This shit was almost done a couple times. Damn. I can tell you another story. He was almost done. Direct from the Backstreet that just came out, um, and it was just taken off. A buddy of mine was throwing a birthday party at the Howard Johnson in downtown Palo Alto. And we was going, we was on our way. We stopped by the liquor store to get some drink. And some niggas from the other side and the black colors rolled up and pointing their guns out the window, flashing like, yeah, nigga, woo, 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 woo. So, nigga, naturally, we went and got our heat. Mm -hmm. My brother had a tech. He went and got the tech nine. We jumped in the car. We smiled out to the party. So we pulling into the parking lot to the party and a black car jumped behind us. So I'm thinking it's them niggas. I'm like, hey, it look like them niggas behind us, right? So my bro, like, cocked the shit, ready to go. Like, nigga, as soon as you open the door, nigga, I'm just start busting. Because mm -hmm. it was, I had a two-door. I had a, a 1973 Cougar, two-door. And uh, we, 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 we pulled up in the parking lot. And I was just going to put the car in park and then open the door and just let that nigga jump out. And right when... My, my right when he was a right when I was about to open the door and him to jump out, red and blue lights came on on the fucking car. It was fucking undercover police. Mm. Jacked us, took us to jail. Now me and Tim was already on probation. We had already had drug cases and we juveniles though. Right. We had already been to juvenile hall and Glenwood. Did I go to Glenwood then? No, I don't even think I went to Glenwood yet. But we had been in trouble with the law. We had a few little shit on our record. And uh, this Tech 9 was definitely finna do us bad. Yeah. And like I said, our album had just came out. That motherfucker just started taking off. We sitting in the fucking, we had got booked. We sitting in Juvenile Hall, right? This was the first night we had got booked that night. And in the morning when we woke up for breakfast time, over the loudspeaker, they start playing our fucking music, our song, our album over the loudspeaker. Like, just to fuck with you? <laughs> were they just bumping it, or were nah. they, they knew it was you? My homeboy brother was a counselor uh, there. Oh. Yeah, so okay. he started playing our shit. He got on the speaker. Ladies, uh, gentlemen, we got celebrities in the house. Oh, shit. So we came out for chow. He called us in the office, and he slammed the door and got on us. What the fuck are y'all doing? Wow. Man, y'all motherfuckers is there, man. What the fuck are y'all doing? Man, y'all, nigga, y'all finna bring the whole hood up. Yeah. Y'all finna fuck it off. And just drilled us. And me and Tim were just sitting there like, like, you know? Yeah. So what happened was we sat in that motherfucker fighting the case. Our My, my PO was in there. He was finna slam. He was finna send us both to YA. We was finna be gone. And what happened was when they arrested us and took us to the police station, the police was in there playing with the gun. Oh, this is a nice one. This shit got to. Oh, look at this one, Jim. Jim, check this one out. Nigga over there playing with it. Ain't got no gloves on. So in my mind, I'm thinking, hmm. These motherfuckers playing with the gun. They touching on the gun. We running ballistics, boy. This case might get dismissed. <laughs> so it didn't even get that far. What happened was uh, it was my brother gun, and his fingerprints was the only ones on there besides all the police. Yeah. When they ran it, his fingerprints was yeah. the only one on he was uh, he older than me, so he was already 18, so they just put the gun case on him and dropped me and dropped the case. I think he had to do some community services bullshit. He didn't even get no really no time. Wow. For that shit. 
That's uh, some good police work right there, boys. Yeah, right there. thank you. Thank you. Palo Alto Police, thank you. Because it was, man, that shit, it it was, that was going to be bad for us. That's crazy. It probably wouldn't have been over. We probably had to do a few years, but that would have derailed. I mean, the, that's a big. Yeah, that would have derailed everything else that came. That's kind of a big, another big thing in the Bay is cats getting caught up like that. Yeah. Promising careers, because, I mean, you can't even look at Mac Dre. Yeah, he bounced back and got even bigger. But if he hadn't caught that Fed case, yeah, where would, would he be? He yeah, would be maybe bigger than maybe he was. bigger. Yeah. yeah, damn. All right, so flash, flashback forward to the game of life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was TC still involved with that album, or was he kind of no. taking a back seat? No, um, this was like 2000, 2001 because a couple things happened. Um, I don't know really what. What made TC fall back? I think the executive producer at the time, Sean T and uh, Mac from Mac and AK did majority of that. Okay, album. yeah, great producers as well. I think he was just trying to. He wanted he wanted to keep it all East Palo Alto. He wanted to hmm. kind of like introduce. Well, times are changing by two thousand one. Yeah, of too. course, yeah, but I think he just wanted to. Yeah, just keep it East Palo Alto. Yeah, yeah. The, the two top producers from East Palo Alto and us, and just put us together to see what we, you know, yeah. see what we can come up with. Um, it wasn't nothing bad against TC. We wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he I did a couple songs so. on the album. How do you think that worked out in retrospect? Um, making that decision. Um, we all. I mean, we always should stick with T. Yeah, it kind of yeah. seems like he's the heart of the group in terms of the sound. Yeah. And um, yeah. y'all that, just have such good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think that's what was kind of missing on that last album was the chemistry, the original chemistry. The original chemistry, yeah. yeah. And then to really sink the motherfucker was I went to feds. I went yeah. to jail. You right did, when, did quite a few years, right? <laughs> I went to jail right before the shit came out. Fuck. It came out when I was in fucking prison. Yeah. Yeah, so that derailed it. How did that feel? Uh, I had Young Lay on here. He he did some some years as well, and I yeah. was asking him. I'm familiar with his case too. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's that like? How do you get through going from this rap shit to now you're sitting down behind the walls? Like, how what, what were some ways that you pushed through that bit? Um, I mean, of course I was stressed out because you're sitting here thinking, "Damn, I could be shoulda, woulda, coulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda yeah. yourself to death." Yeah. But at the same time, I got a lot of respect because motherfuckers in there knew who I was. That's cool. You know, motherfuckers like, oh, and shit. And it's the feds, too, so yeah, it's I was in the feds. all over, people yeah. from all over. And I was it, another good thing was I was surprised how many motherfuckers from, from you know, other states and, and yeah, yeah, knew yeah, about us. Yeah. Like, damn. That's what I mean. Nigga, yeah. I'm from New Orleans, nigga. We used to knock y'all shit all the time. Yeah. Where, where, it's like, where, what? Which prison were you in? I was in, uh, started off in Lompoc. Uh-huh. Then they transferred me to Taft. I did two years. I did 18 months in Lompoc, two years in Taft. Six months in Nellis, which is in Las Vegas, and they shut the camp down and shipped me to Arkansas, uh, Forest City, Arkansas. I think that's where Big Meech was at. Mm. Big Meech is there now, I think, Forest City, Arkansas. I think T.I. did his uh, year there, too, when he went to jail back in the day. Yeah. Forest City, Arkansas. And I did uh, 18 months there, 18 months. Altogether, I did like six years. That's another tough thing about the feds is getting moved around like that. It's it's harder for visits and stuff like that. Yeah. But you were saying um, you were getting love in there. It was so yeah. Every I, I, man, I didn't have no bad incidents in there. Nobody, you know, I didn't have no fights. No nothing. I, I did a peaceful bid. Yeah, and it was just purely out of respect. You know. Yeah. The cast that knew who I was was respecting me for being Al Capone for totally insane and 
the motherfuckers that didn't know me respected me for being Adam because I right, was right, right. a regular nigga. Yeah, so you basically be able to just handle it. Yeah, just cruise keep through. Keep your head up. Met some cool motherfuckers. Do what you got to do. That, you know, I met cats from all over the country that was, you know, I could have fucked with when I came home and some niggas I kept in touch with. And, yeah. yeah. And around this time, too, I think... I met Cole 187 from Bud Law in there. For real? Y'all was together. like that? Were y'all yeah. rapping together? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my dog. I came home, he did a track for me. Shout <laughs> out to my nigga Hutch. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but I think while you're locked down, um, the Tommy hyphy. Chong, not to cut you off. For real? Tommy Chong. You got cool with him? Oh, I, th- I thought I had my t- Cheating Chong shirt on. Yeah, Tommy oh, that's Chong. Right. That's what's up. My mom came to visit me one day, right? He looked totally different. All this shit is white and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So moms came to visit me, and he walked by. I said, hey, 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 excuse me. Tommy, come here for a minute. He came to the table. I said, moms, who is this right here? She looked. She was looking at the nigga. He didn't have his glasses on. And I said, put your glasses on, Tommy. He put them little Chong glasses on. She's like, oh, my God. Cheech and Chong? She's like, yeah, took a picture with him and shit. That's tight. He was hella cooked. Was he up on Totally Insane? Nah, he didn't know nothing about it. I told him about it. He didn't know nothing about it. He was Snoop Dogg, Cypress Hill. He knew all the weeds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Snoop, Cypress Hill, and yeah. yeah. But nah, he wasn't up on us. Um, I got, he knew I got five on it. Was. Uh, of course, yeah, of course. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, so you were locked down during the whole hyphy movement too. Yeah, were you hearing about that? I caught it. The first glimpse I got of it was in Lompoc, and they did the MTV rap special. Oh, and it was on the with TV. the Bay Area, yeah, with the my movement. block with yeah, Sway, my block, yeah, yeah. with Sway, and um, and that shit blew my mind. Like, yeah. damn, yeah, totally different. Yeah, I see yeah. hood stars on there. I was going to say because because your your homie Scoop ended up. Uh, I mean, people don't people might have forgotten during that time that the hood stars was big. As a cameo, cameo yeah. rotation, yes. club rotation. Yeah. Um, we, I, I assume you came up with Band Aid as well. Yes, yeah. Um, Band Aid was in a whole another group back then called Never Legal. Shout out to Never Legal. Okay. Um, I produced Never. I put them. I produced <clears throat> their first um, project. So Band Aid probably got introduced to the game through me. Tight. Uh, um, I used to take them everywhere, of course, and introduce them to everybody. And Band Aid got that business mind. He just yeah. Politic motherfuckers and mad motherfuckers, and so when it was time for him to do his thing, he just did his thing. Yeah, and yeah. Scoot uh, definitely like it seems like he adapted his style with the times. Because when I yeah. hear what he did on on the Totally Insane projects compared to the Hood Stars, yeah. it's a lot different. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's uh, that's something I kind of wanted to highlight too. Is like all the talent we've talked about from EPA, Totally Insane, um, uh, Shanti, Trunk from Menlo Park, yeah. Hood Stars. What are your thoughts on um on on rappers today coming up out of EPA? Are you are you up on it? Oh yeah, we got some solid cats coming up. I've seen some to, some cool yeah. shit. Three hundred keys and uh uh who's some of the other youngsters? My boy Big Ooze, uh my boy Checkmate Checkers. Uh yeah, we got we got some we got some youngsters. Uh yeah. Lou E from the G. Uh man I'm bad my bad if I if I don't remember, you know what I'm saying, if I don't shout y'all out, but we got a lot of great artists coming out yeah. of Alto. Are you are you tapping in with any of them or are they oh, yeah, for tapping sure. in with you? Uh yeah. Uh my man uh Money Mind, Mr. Fetty, uh my man Charisma Kazi, like I say, my boy Checkmate Checkers, my boy uh Pick Six, uh Splurge from SIC. I did some tracks with him. Uh Stagmata, of course. Um yeah, we got a we got a nice little batch yeah, coming what's out. Up. I see, you know, every now and then something pops up on my on my timeline where I see some some new youngster representing yeah. EPA. And yeah. I think it's dope that um, you know, that area is still shining. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest difference between um today's 
uh, Bay Area rap and, and when you got in the game? Back then, it was more unity. Yeah. We were all fans and respected each other. It was more love. Like I say, you know, the click and RBA was coming to our shows. We used to go to their shows. Yeah. We politicking and exchange ideas. Um, I don't know if, if the youngsters are networking and politicking like that nowadays. Um, I mean, there's a few out there, you know what I'm saying? Black Sea with Larry June. and Right. You know, so there's a, um, I guess there's still youngsters out there with that um, uh, political 